At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. And welcome back. This is 105.9, the radiator, the rocket shop, with your host, Tom Proctor. with me now, welcome back, Princess Nostalgia. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in again. It's uh, It's been a minute. Yeah, full circle. I came on, I think, in my first year in Vermont, and now I'm moving away in less than a month, so... Well, I'm very glad you managed to come back in before you before you left. I've got a million questions to you. Um, but we always like kicking off with a song, so what have you got? It is called Gestalt Switch, and Gestalt Switch is the subjective term, or the it's the term for the subjective experience of a paradigm shift. So an everyday example would be when you suddenly see the side of an optical illusion that was previously hidden to you, and you can never unsee it again. Save my fingers. 
Nostalgia there with guest outs switched. Um, so yeah, do you want to explain that song a little bit? As you said before the song started, it's that moment where you finally see the optical illusion and mm-hmm. it breaks your brain forever. forever yes. So. Um, the term guest alt switch, uh, I actually first was exposed to. I was a philosophy major, and that is a term that Thomas Kuhn used in his uh, Revolutions of Science. It's called, called something like that, but. It's basically about this problem that's inherent in the scientific method that part of the process is knowing that in the future, as you get more information, you will disprove whatever is the accepted truth right now. Um, So the song is just kind of about the limits of human knowledge. It's also about the heroine's journey. Um, A lot of mythology that our society focuses on is the hero's journey, which is a more linear path uh, with the... kind of recognized goal, and it's often a man, obviously, who goes on this journey. The heroine's journey um, is more chaotic than that, and a classic example from Greek mythology would be the story of Persephone, who gets violently kidnapped and taken into the underworld by Hades, um, and she kind of learns to, to master the, the darkness through that journey and becomes the empress of the underworld. Um, so a lot of, like, I've been learning a lot about... Um, kind of witchy stuff. My friend Sophia Hurwitz, who is a witch, and I have been collaborating on a tarot deck because I'm also a visual artist, and so she's writing the book that supplements it. I'm writing the cards. And this song I wrote before working on the tarot project, but it's definitely about the heroine's journey, which is a very, it's kind of about becoming one with your shadow side and one with the darkness, which the next song, which we don't have to jump to that right away, but it's also about that um, theme as well. So it seems like you got a few few singles have come out. Uh, I, I saw that... Uh, Two have come out in the past few months. Obviously, this isn't, seems to be a new one as well. Is this the indication that, is, that you've got an album coming out and does it all follow this heroine's journey theme? Yeah, I think a lot of my music, even though it wasn't a conscious decision, definitely does. Um, I think this pandemic was a bit of a heroine's journey that we all went through. And um, I started going to therapy over the pandemic and definitely have learned how to... I think shadow work has been like a huge revelation for me personally. Um, um, oh, your question was, was so there another question? The question was, so it seems like you, you, you're coming out with a few singles. Oh, album, yeah. yeah. I'm considering releasing an album, because right now, people's attention span is so fucked. Um, 
that I'm just focusing on singles, although I might kind of collectively release them as an album in the future. If I do, I'm going to call the album International Cyberspace Law because I'm considering going to law school and the real name is Information Technology Law, but I like International Cyberspace Law better and I just like the ring of it. So I just recently decided that the next kind of collection of work, body of work that I release will be called International Cyberspace Law. I love that. Uh, so you see, you know, like many of us started going to therapy over the mm-hmm. pandemic, which is why it's so difficult to get a therapist right now. Yeah, um, so glad I got, got mine locked down. <laughs> um, how did that change your writing then? And how and, and did you have you seen and have you felt it seems like you've seen a noticeable shift between, you know, pre therapy Lily and post therapy Lily? Yeah, I've definitely gotten a lot more in touch with my child self. The type of therapy I've been doing is called EMDR, which I think there's limits to talk therapy, especially for someone like myself who already has kind of overanalyzed everything and I can you know, I could spend hours articulating what happened in my past, but I think to a certain extent that's just kind of rehashing a certain surface level of analysis over and over again when a lot of the healing that needs to be done is kind of um, beyond language and beyond uh, rational thinking. So yeah, I think it definitely has come up in my work a lot. Um, And like I said, the concept of shadow work and of learning to embrace the parts of myself that I tend to be ashamed of. by embracing those things and eradicating shame, it just opens up like all these new doors and kind of because shame is just like an energy, like uh, just sucks all your energy. And once you cease to feel that, it can be redirected towards beautiful things. Um, listening to your songs from from really when you first came to Burlington to like now, um, you do seem to really tackle very large issues head on and with this with this really unique kind of power um, and. And just kind of being unashamed of of your position and your opinion on on these these large topics, um, is that something that's important to you, or is it just something that just happens naturally? It's the sort of thing that's just going to come out regardless. That's something I've unpacked in therapy. Is that I've definitely felt since I was little that if I'm not like, whether it's figurative or literally like yelling at the top of my lungs, that I feel invisible. Um, but I've been working on how to not feel invisible, and I'm actually on a journey of not sharing all of my thoughts all the time. And I don't regret it because, you know, I've definitely, like, shared a lot of my anger in the past with the world or political views and all that stuff. But, um, and I've also called out a few people (laughs) publicly, and that was so necessary for my healing, but I don't think that's where the healing ends. And I think the real work does not have an audience. So I'm actually, I deleted all my social media over the pandemic. I had a bit of an existential crisis and I came crawling back uh, to promote my work. So I'm slowly building up my followers again, but I'm being a lot more intentional with what I share of myself. And I just think people can kind of figure out what my views are through my music. I don't have to constantly be kind of on, on the soapbox. Although there's a time and place for that and I applaud it whenever I see it. I just think for me it was, I think I was sharing too much of my private world with the public yeah it takes a lot to be able to realize that and admit to it and uh, and kind of re- rework yourself and come back in a healthier way so yeah, yeah congrats on that front thanks um so in terms of musical scene and the last three years as you said you're moving on in, in how, how long like two weeks august 1st is when my sublet ends so, wow yep. so we're, we're, talk, we're talking days. like 10 days yeah, yeah. 
Um, and we had you on right at the very beginning when you first came here. Mm -hmm. um, how have you developed as an artist in Burlington? What are your big takeaways from wherever you're take going to next that, that you know you're gonna you're gonna bring to that next place? Yeah, I've definitely learned what my boundaries are, and I've learned how to advocate for what I want as an artist. Like for example, on this radio show, I'm not performing live. I want people to hear my mixes as I spent hundreds of hours mixing them to be um, because I've performed on radio shows in the past and no offense to the people mixing it, but it's just like, I just want them, especially because my vocals are heavily edited and have some of them have a lot of auto-tune and layers, you know, like I just rather you hear it the way it was intended. And I do have a live show on the radio being this Friday, if, if anyone wants to see that side of me as well. But, um, or even when I said that light is too bright, there's a light pointing at me in the, in the, um, where we're sitting right now and just little things like that or during sound check really not being afraid to do it as many times as I need to or even in the middle of my set to, to stop and say actually that something needs to be louder or whatever so yeah learning my boundaries learning how to advocate for myself um and just learning how to be more confident without being as again I think my aggression was a necessary step in establishing my boundaries but now I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed in my confidence. I don't have as much of a ship on my shoulder as I used to. And I'm very grateful for the music community here because I think it's a great place to start out. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we love so many of the bands coming in here and everyone talks about how great it is to collaborate and work for the people and how much they lift them up. Um, you kind of mentioned before, you know, you, you're playing this off uh, off your phone tonight because you've spent so many hours putting this together and, and you want it to sound like it's meant to sound. You've always prided yourself on being that that solo writer and producer of your own music. So is that is that changed at all or is this something that as you've developed as an artist, like, no, this this is me and I want it to be I want it to be created by me and and be exactly how I want it to be. Yeah, I definitely have some O C D tendencies which are a perfect quality for music production. I think it's a very healthy way for me to channel that. And um, I definitely identify as a producer first and a singer second. And I actually say that every time I perform now, because when it's just me on stage singing, a lot of people kind of underestimate uh, what it is that I really do. Um, I am kind of rethinking my persona, though, like I performing live when I move. I'm planning to move to Berlin specifically. And the music scene there is amazing and I want to start with at least some backup singers I have like a um, animation light show that I uh, created in collaboration with ilingual Robbie Michelson is his real name um, it's my visual art because I also design all my album art but he's an animator who brought it to life and then slowly to add, add some maybe more organic elements but I do want my live performance to have more of an impact instead of just me with my backing tracks um, and yeah so kind of rethinking how I'm going to be presenting myself in the future, but definitely still identify primarily as a studio musician. So that's the interesting change in, in itself. As you said, right now you perform on your own, on stage with your backing tracks. This new iteration of you in Berlin, which by the way, very cool. Um, you, you're kind of envisioning background singers already. So that's, that's already suggesting almost like not quite a band because backing singers mm -hmm. are not quite a band, but it's already suggesting that you, you are ready to kind of work with people and have that kind of group that will be be at least performing on stage as kind of a, a unit rather than yeah. a solo artist and i think since i am more confident in my boundaries i didn't want to rush having a band because i didn't want to lose my artistic vision and you know i would never want to have a band with my friends because they would probably just hate me because you know i'm telling them what to do like they are doing what i say so i think i kind of established myself enough that if i were to uh, you know 
have band members join me, it would they'd obviously be adding something very valuable, but they would have to know their place. <laughs> um, yeah, and but I do think that there is something. There's more energy to a full band when you're performing, and um, I'm confident that my music is good enough that I don't have to perpetually be the opener. <laughs> but I think when it's just one person with backing checks, I understand why that tends to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'd love to hear another track. So what you got first? This next song is called Ugly Lovely, and it's actually about, also about the shadow work and about kind of unifying the sides of myself that I love and the sides of myself that I kind of hate. And once you learn to accept it all is how you can become whole. Everybody got an ugly side, an ugly side, an ugly side. Everybody got a lovely side, a lovely side, a lovely side. Everybody got an ugly side, an ugly side. nostalgia there with another new single ugly lovely uh so tell me a little bit about berlin 
Uh, obviously, one of the coolest cities in Europe, if not the world. Got a great music scene. Um, fantastic people. It's it's. Uh, I could go on and on about why Berlin is a great place, but obviously that's that's my own personal feelings. Mm. For you, what was the decision to, to go over there? What's the impetus? Um, well, I've never been, but I've had a lot of science from the universe to go there. And I was born in Italy, and my dad lives in Italy, so I have EU citizenship. Um, I don't have a solid plan, to be honest, but I have some money saved enough to kind of go there and kind of like, I feel like I'm going to go there for a month. I have friends there. Hopefully who I can stay with and then within that month, find a place to live and find a job. <laughs> um, but I kind of trust that things work at, will work out if they're supposed to. If not, I can always go back to Italy and, um, you know, I know some people who are looking for English speaking nannies over there. So but Italy's beautiful. It's just not culturally that happening. Like it's the place you go to eat well and like see beautiful uh, art and stuff. But yeah, I think. Berlin it's such an international vibrant city from what I've heard and one of my biggest influences is craft work they weren't from Berlin they're from Dusseldorf I think but um I would just love to be in that like uh musical kind of culture yeah I I don't think you're gonna have any problem kind of settling into Berlin I've only been there once myself but um yeah, you seem like the sort of type that would thrive in that that particular community. I have the feeling that I will, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great people doing some very interesting things. I, I, we've got to keep track of you when you're over there and see how your kind of your music changes. Yeah. With with the kind of German and European influence, mm -hmm. um, obviously there's still quite a lot in music anyway, as you're uh, as you're Italian. Um, so in terms of um, your your last few weeks in in vermont in burlington how are you how are you kind of squeezing the rest of this time out in terms of getting the most out of it yeah um i have two more gigs maybe if i could finesse one more potentially but yeah this friday at the radio bean my last gig at the bean and then the 31st the literal night before i'm leaving i have a gig at the barrage the barrage i'm not sure how it's pronounced but that's in holland vermont so um yeah, and other than that, I just have a lot of people to see, and it'll fly by, so, yeah. And I've also been, um, you know, producing for other people, um, some remotely and also some in person. Over the course of the pandemic, I kind of redirected my energy towards building some experience as a producer working for pro professionally for, yeah, other musicians in the scene. Right now, I've been working with Peg Tassie, who is a local legend, and um, editing a music video of hers, and also um, mixing some, she's a producer, but um, I am kind of have the computer skills to kind of do what she says. So working with her has been really fulfilling and interesting. And um, in these three years, musically speaking, or even non-musically, what's, what's been your favorite memory of, of being Princess Nostalgia in, in Vermont? Oh, that's a good question. Favorite memory? Um, hmm. Well, I guess the best kind of compliment that I've received that I think about was a sound engineer who had mixed a couple of my gigs just said like oh you have a good reputation amongst the sound engineers at, at live music venues because um, you come prepared and your mixes are solid and that was like the best thing I could have ever heard <laughs> yeah that means a lot to have a good to have a good reputation among those people um, and just performing in general is really fun
Is there any one particular show from you know, uh, back in drug, like backyard of drunk teaks to a house party to you know uh, yeah. to, to playing at higher ground? Like, is, was there one gig that really kind of stood out and you're like, no, I, I nailed it that time. Um, well, generally speaking, the most fun I have is actually like basement shows. Um, they're not my favorite to attend, but they're some of my favorite to perform at because some of the bigger shows I've done, like Grand Point North or um, Higher Grounds Backside 405, performing in broad daylight um, as the opener in a br- big space just feels like it's not the energy that I want to be in. So in smaller, more packed spaces at nighttime with cool lights when people are kind of buzzed, it's just the energy is just a lot more electric. I can't think of a specific gig that was my favorite, but... That's definitely the environment that I most prefer. Yeah. And, yeah, again, I'm, I'm sure in Berlin there's going to be a whole host of places like that that mm-hmm. you can be able to perform. Oh, honestly, it's, it's going to be such a fantastic experience. Um, I do see you've also got another, a second profile in seven days that's going to be coming out. Um, and, obviously, that's after you've left, it'll probably be coming out. So, mm-hmm. it's going to have to send it over. But that's a pretty rare thing. Um, what does that, for you, tell you about how Vermont kind of... I know, embraced you. Did, did, did that kind of come across or is it kind of like, you know, you know it, it, it's, it is what it is? I, yeah, I feel very grateful for the Burlington music scene. Um, and one interesting challenge about moving to Berlin is that I will be a small fish in a big pond where a lot of people are doing similar stuff to me. Whereas in Vermont, it's changed, but it is like very kind of jam band dominated. And um, to be a femme music producer doing electronic music in Burlington, I don't think it was that difficult to stand out. Um, so it'll definitely be a new challenge to go elsewhere. But yes, it's it's a very active music scene, but it's small enough and welcoming enough that um, it's a great place to start and to get onto your on your feet. And I really appreciate the support that I've gotten from a lot of people in this industry here. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, you know, you, you, you're very different from Vermont. Um, you're doing something very different. You kind of look very different. You sound very different. Uh, you uh, you definitely turn heads in terms of just not just the music, but everything from the aesthetics to the just the attitude. Going to Berlin, as you said, people doing similar things. Um, have you got, um, I mean, you're going to bring on, on backup singers, but have you got kind of a, a, a vision you know, year, two years, five years down the line for what Princess and Style is going to be? I've definitely been rethinking just aesthetically how I'm going to present myself because in the past I've worn like things that feel a little bit young for how I'm feeling right now. You know, I wear like a lot of pastels and wigs and just like, you know, crop tops and stuff like that, which is nothing wrong with that. But I am, I've been thinking like, I was talking, my dad was like, maybe you should get a tux, like a custom tailored tuxedo or like maybe just all black and only wearing a tiara but I want to have myself be less of the focal point and just be more understated on that part and also when I perform because it's just me on stage I do feel a lot of pressure to be moving and dancing which compromises my vocals and my ability to be truly present with the music so having backup singers having a light show having more going on will enable me to just be a lot more meditative and understated Um, in my stage presence and I'm excited to explore that and more generally I just um, I've been leaning into humor with my work since I began and I've just been getting more and more into that I've been dabbling in a bit of stand-up I did my first open mic night a couple weeks ago and I've just been posting short clips on Instagram as well but um, I don't ever want to take myself too seriously as an artist I always want to 
maintain a light heart and a sense of humor. And Missy Elliott is a huge influence. And that type of humor that she has infused in her work is just like so it just like feeds my soul. <laughs> um, kind of aesthetically speaking, uh, do you who do you consider your influences apart from obviously Missy, obviously with the mm -hmm. humor and she's obviously she's also got great great clothing styles and aesthetics to her yes. own self you know yeah. and she's very unabashed about who she is and she kind of leans into it but yeah apart from missy who else is kind of the the people you look to when when you kind of style yourself musically and aesthetically mm -hmm. there's there's so many um the ones that i've said for a long time are craftwork d'angelo um hiatus coyote the way that they blend a lot of different genres is really exciting to me james blake um, Tierra Wack aesthetically is really awesome. Although I did say I'm trying to get more minimal, but I do love the way that she styles herself and just she also has that sense of humor in her work. Um, I'm sure I'm missing so many artists that that. Oh, recently I discovered Zev Daliza. She produces all of her own work. Um, she has that kind of more. I don't know if I want to call it minimal, but it's a little darker. And she produced. Yeah, I already said she's a producer, but she's. I discovered her over the course of the pandemic, and I find her. Um, sound very inspiring as well. Um, in the in the Burlington scene, the Vermont scene, and not even maybe musically, is there any anyone in, in your friendship group or people other people you've seen where you've kind of you're like, hey, they look pretty good, or they're doing something kind of different that I really like. Is there any any kind of like local influences you've taken and either uh, put that into new songs or put that into kind of more of your look and the mm. or the stage presence you're starting to think about for your next mm -hmm. your next iteration. Um, I've always thought Juicebox is really fun and they have that energy of having a lot of people on stage um, and they keep things light. Um, who else? Um, I recently discovered who I think you know, uh, Hetty Betty. She's mm -hmm. cool. I'm very different from what's going on around here. So yeah, I listened to her EP recently and that was really, really awesome and I loved the kind of energy and like edginess of it um hmm oh um Sebu Yuma they're like one of my favorite live bands to see their rhythm section is just fire yeah I was also thinking Miku Daza not your oh yeah yeah, yeah. But it's like so much pressure because there's so many people who I respect and <laughs> admire and I don't want to leave anyone out but Miku's awesome too for sure yeah we we, we had Hedy Betty and and Miku in uh past few months ago and and yeah again just just fantastic energy, just just very, very unapologetic. Mm -hmm. and I just love that. Um, well, this is all we've got time for. Um, I've got to say best of luck. Um, we've got about time for one more song. Okay. Um, so before I let you go, Radio being on Friday. Yep. And then... Um, yeah, the the Barrage, which I'm playing with Father Figure on the 31st of July. And then um, one other thing I should mention is that the guitar player on... I'm very, like, kind of selective with who I collaborate with but my long-term collaborator on all of my all, most of my songs Joe Lightrick he puts down his his own work as well but he's an amazing guitar player I was shocked that he hadn't heard of Nile Rodgers because his playing like reminds me exactly my little brother's named after Nile Rodgers so it's definitely the vibe that I wanted and he always brings my songs to the next level um this last song is the cover of Jolene by Dolly Parton, and it is going to be my next release tentatively on August 25th and it will be coming out with a music video as well
Princess Nostalgia, thank you so much, Lily, for coming in. I really Thanks appreciate for having it. me. And as I said, once again, best of luck in Berlin, and honestly, Burlington's going to miss you. I'm going to miss it, too. Well, that's about all we've got time for tonight. Uh, big thank you to Night Protocol for also coming in. Uh, join us next week when we've got the Rose McCann band coming in. Um, but now, it's all up. So, this has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. <laughs>